0: Of to the Powerless to Powerful Recovery Podcast. My name is Jason. I'm an alcoholic. As always, our mission is to share experience, strength, and hope across multiple media platforms. The story of addiction and the road to recovery. We're not affiliated with Alcoholics Anonymous or any other 12-step based organizations or groups in any way. And here we are, Ron. My co-host, Ronnie, a.k.a. Ronnie, no matter what. What's up, Ron? What's happening, Jay? I mean, it's been way too long. <laughs> Man! I mean... I thought we were going to cancel again today i'm like no nah, you're making the call this yeah. time <laughs> yeah you know if we've canceled we've our special guest today we got you Sabia on the show welcome you right? thank you thank you for having me guys and i mean we got here i mean because we've canceled <laughs> on her just because of being sick uh, soccer tournaments with my daughter uh joint commission coming big shout out to sanctuary sanctuary recovery centers our job our employment for ron and i and and letting us use the studio as well. Big shout out to them. Big shout out, Sanctuary. But today I came up to Ron, I was like, hey, bro, we're going to have to cancel. And he looked at me like he was going to kill me. He's like, you're making the call. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a long overdue show to have her on today. It's just, uh, you know, uh, extremely exciting to have you on. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And, you know, anytime we have anyone on the show, you know, usually they are people that we know, they're in the recovery community and, you know, Ron always said, what, what's that What's that uh, line you always say that that like? I wonder if you, you know what I'm talking about right here? God wears people clothes. Exactly. You know, um, and I believe that, you know, my God wears people clothes and he puts people in my life and maybe I'll see them and I'll see them again. And I see them again. That maybe we start we have we start talking. We're in recovery together. Every time I do a speaker meeting, I see her. She's actually you know chaired uh, several different um, speaker engagements that I've done. The Halloween. Everywhere I go, I see you. Uh, uh, you know, we became friends, and you know, and I believe that God put you here for right here, right now, for this message that you're about to share with everyone, all of our listeners, uh, you know, across the world. You know, what do you feel wrong when you hear God wears people close and, and, you know, and you say, yeah, how did
1: you guys meet? So, we met from Faith Over Fear, right? We mm-hmm. met this same home group. Mm-hmm. Um, she, uh, you were sponsored by a friend of mine. You were just newly sponsored by mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Um, I was new to the group Faith Over Fear, and you were kind of just getting pulled in yourself as yeah. well. I
2: showed up at the friend yeah. You saw that what? French Bulldog. French
1: Bulldog. <laughs> French, Bulldogs, <laughs>
2: French Bulldog. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. All right. Pretty <laughs> bougie. Uh-huh. Yeah. But was super friendly. And the one thing I noticed is the same thing that you noticed was she was everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, because her sponsor, sure. shout out Kristen Day. Oh, yeah. She makes out. Day. Service you. junkies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're about to service. So well,
2: it was. Well, first off,
0: Faith
1: Over Fear, they're a <laughs> wild ass bunch. Wild. Yeah, big shout out to
0: Faith Over Fear and all the home group members, and they're crazy as hell. I took my mom to a Faith Over Fear. What's that thing you guys read? What? Who's a tweaker? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was just yeah. wild. Your poor mother. I sat I go, oh god. Yeah, that was that was some special. But we got you, saved you here today, and you know. But every journey starts somewhere. To to come on a recovery podcast, to be a home group member at Faith Over Fear. You know, you had. To, I mean, you got to earn that damn chair. So I'm sure you've earned it over the years, so we're going to hear today to hear your message, experience, strength, and hope. Um, I, I truly believe that this episode right here is going to touch many, many different people in different ways. But I know that, that if just one person hears your message, it's going to inspire them to know that they can do it too. So uh, you were born in New Mexico, so why don't you kind of share like, you know, what it was like you know, growing up in New Mexico, the family dynamic. Um, you know and, and just kind of let everybody know your story
2: so why don't we start there okay um, so I was born in Silver City New Mexico um, I grew up in a mining community um, my dad actually was uh, I grew up with a, my I come from a family of like blacksmiths and welders and stuff so my dad was just a really hard-working man he worked his way up into Working in copper mines, and he ended up becoming the superintendent for Freeport McMoRan. So he was in charge of the all of the boilermakers and the U.S. Chile crew in South Africa for these mines. So, I um, I actually uh, kind of like didn't fit in at all. Okay, all um, right. I uh, had my dad kind of I. When you I, say that what you, I mean, what do you say? What I you just say always not fit in. You just felt different. Yeah, like, I felt because I knew that I I knew that I was born the way that I probably wasn't supposed to be born, and I would even, like, pray every night before I went to bed, and, you know, hope that I was going to wake up and be what I was supposed to be, you know what I mean, every single thing that I could possibly do to just, like, think that this was just, like, some sick joke that I was going through, um, and it wasn't working out, you know, um, it was, it was, it it was tough, you know, and I would go to school, or I would go to church, I grew up in the church, um, in the Catholic church, so I was always... I was always hanging out with old church ladies. You grew up in the Catholic
0: Church, (laughs) and you're you're feeling like feeling different, right? I mean, believe me, I'm a Catholic. I was an altar boy till I was like 37. Yeah, (laughs) not that old, but way too long. I was an altar server. shout out mom. Yeah.
2: Damn. She's a sweet lady. I was in high school and I was an altar boy. You know. Like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's way yeah. too long. But <laughs> yeah, I, I taught catechism. Like I was over there teaching like first Holy Communion yeah. and all that other stuff. Yeah, it yeah. was it was fun. I actually liked it. I actually liked being in the church. I always had a really strong connection with because God is my higher power and Jesus Christ, and that's just I've, that's always been something that's really really close to me. And it's even even through the years of like as I grew up, um, growing up in the church. I always knew where God was all through my journey, all the way up to this point. But the further I got older, you know, instead of having him in like my back pocket, I basically had him in like a box in the top of my closet and would pull yeah, him out you and you ever it. done
1: that wrong shelf God? That don't work out. Mine mine was always on here. I had the I had God on speed dial nine one one, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. He was super important when things were bad. Yeah. Right? When when some tragic event happened. Yeah. You know, real real quick, I don't know if Jay heard when you were saying it earlier, but I I want you to tell a little story because I thought it was cute. What did you steal from the church, and what were you gonna go do?
2: So I wanted to start my own church. So to you start your own church. Yeah. Yeah. I stole a bag of the Eucharist and a bottle of wine, and I was trying to give <laughs> communion outside of the mountain where my parents live. I got I got a nasty beating for that yeah, for sure. I can run yeah. a church better.
0: <laughs> I need to do this. I just need a couple things. Yeah, that's like that's like you, were on, uh, wanted to uh, rewrite the big book, write World Services, left a
1: couple things out. Yeah, they did. They left a couple things out. Just like I'm sure you probably could have added, you
2: know, your spin to. Hell yeah! through the Bible, it would have yeah. helped some, a, a lot of people. I get it. For sure, for sure. That was always like a, that was always a rough place for me because I knew that my where my relationship with God was, but then I also always felt like I was going to be you know like an outcast because of those situations. Oh, mm-hmm. different right? Yeah, and i kind funny. of frown upon that thing. Yeah, and I used to kind of screw with my dad when I was little, like he would like. He would, like, threaten, like, I, if I got, like, a, a low grade or something like that, he would threaten to take me to, like, some all-boys school in northern New Mexico. And I'd be like, where do I sign up? Like, a bunch of boys that are, like, bad and have to be, like, in a boarding school. Like, I'd have all my shit packed by the front door. And I'd always do when I was in trouble, because he would always be playing the Cats in the Cradle. And, like, every time I got home and that song was on, I was like, what did I do now? Like, it was uh, terrible. What yeah. would, well, I mean, traumatize Yeah, what would a
0: relationship, though, like, with Dad? Like, when you look over that time period, you know,
2: um, yeah. How do you feel about that, or what was it, how did it feel then, I should say? Then, so, there was always this disappointment. Like, even even if he didn't have anything to say to me, it was always the look that he would give me. Like, I would try to do anything that I possibly could. I, would, I rode horses, like, I tried to play sports, I tried to do stuff just so that way I would try to, like, please him. Um, I've always had a mouth on me, I've always been able to like, you know what I mean, like my mouth could get me out of a lot of situations, um, and I kind of basically had the gift of gab. And oh,
1: yeah. I know, I know a guy. <laughs> I
2: know a guy like that too. So like I- Did you I, ever do telemarketing? I did, dude. Oh, I, I bet you did. did. I did. out. I did.
0: Shout, Shout out to all the telemarketers <laughs> out there just trying
2: to hit them numbers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Mm, it's a hard life. (laughs) That relationship with my dad, that was kind of like it was kind of crappy. It was crappy because I didn't really like have bullies outside of the house. I felt like my bully was inside the house. You know, I I do not want
0: to come home and stuff. No, Um, I
2: got the priest to help me run away from home one time. They took me two hours away to my grandparents' house. I told them that my that my grandpa was you know he must have forgot me and like the priest was like oh let's take you. You're one of our ultra-servers. That Why would you lie to us? So.
0: And that, that became a thing, right? Like, you would go from your... your cause where do they live? Uh, Los Angeles? Yeah, so it's so two so, hours away. Oh, so it's two hours, right? So mm-hmm. you would go from, you know, uh, from your from your family, from your dad's house, to your
2: grandparents' house. Yeah. What would you be like? that like, Take me to grandma's? No, my grandpa would pick me up, or I would somehow weasel my way into like we're taking a ride up to my grandparents with one of my like aunts or something like that. Like I was always with my grandparents a lot, but then my dad would kind of like, I think he would just get like he would he would he would start beating himself up about the fact that like his parents were like raising me. And that I was there, and he would go and pick me up. But, the but he, one, he wanted to. Like, he really wanted Like, he beat himself up. Like, he wanted to raise you and yeah. be there, but he wasn't. He just didn't know what he was doing wrong. You know what I mean? I think that's wrong. the key, right? He thought yeah. he was doing something wrong. Yeah, it was him. He was always questioning what he did wrong to be able to have a child like me. Because it wasn't in the cards for him to have a child like me. I was the oldest of five. He wanted he wanted to see his two oldest sons go to like a football game and see them break through that paper and you know what I mean yeah. and all that kind of stuff yeah. and that wasn't the that wasn't the case that for me yeah. you know it wasn't um, but my grandpa never treated me like I was like a bad person. You know, I was always really close to him. He was like this Latin John Wayne, like shout out grandpa. Yeah, yeah, well, back in heaven. Yeah. he's up there in heaven. Yeah, yeah. 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 shout out grandpa. Yeah, yeah. he was yeah. amazing. Grandpas do that, right? I mean, but he was this like he w- he was a blacksmith. He moved here from like they moved here from another country when I was you know when my dad was born. And right after my dad was born, started his own blacksmithing business. You know what I mean? He worked really hard. Sh- what what I mean? What I've got, yeah. i got mixed in yeah. me, but yeah, I mean, but that, they, moved that Mexico, yeah. Yeah. they moved from Mexico, yeah, they moved from Mexico to come and yeah. like, you know, start, but they came over here and they lived the American dream. They moved here with four kids, started their own business, got their citizenship the way that they, they should have done, you know what I mean? They were the right <laughs> way back in the 1950s, you know, and like, and ended up like starting a business, having 10 kids by the time all was said and done, but all of them have college degrees and all are educated and you know what I mean? And oh they, they goodness. came here and like lived respect. the American dream. Yeah, Super respect. So I came, to, so it was like big shoes to fill all the time, you sure. know. And you're the oldest. And I'm the oldest. Awesome. And my brother and my sisters are all scholars, and I hated school. But I just didn't have a good feeling for it ever since I was younger, because I just didn't feel like I belonged, you know what I mean? I just, like, hated it. I hated school. Kindergarten teacher, like, got pregnant and had a baby, and then left me with this beast that, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Made me feel like a piece of garbage all the time. It was, I just wanted to wear the little dresses in the, like, section, and, like. Yeah, She'd always right. kinda of, like talk shit to me, so ever since then I just kind so of had a kindergarten chance. on, it was just yeah, that, it. was a it was a bust. I hated it. Yeah, I hated a negative it.
0: attachment to <laughs> anything that had to do with school. You have got some negative attachments on? Well oh, boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah. You've met a couple yeah, of them. Yeah, I've met a c I have met yeah, I met her. <laughs> 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 you, you know, uh, I I'm just so captivated by your story and your personality as I've got to know you over these last two years. And one thing I always hear from you is I never hear you pl- passing the blame on anybody. It's always just the situation is what it is. You work through it. You just didn't want, you know, as you said, your, your biggest bully you felt was your dad at home. Yeah. And it was because he couldn't
2: accept what was happening because he thought he, he was failing. Yeah. it was. It, there was, like, things that, like, that they did. I remember them trying to, like, come up with every single idea to try to, like, cure me or whatever they thought that was wrong with me. Um, when it finally, I mean, my that's why going with my grandparents, it wasn't like anything was wrong with me. Like, I I did all the normal stuff like a kid would do. Like, I would play, like, we had we had livestock, and like, you know what I mean? I was. I loved goats and cows, and I was like Doctor Doolittle, Like I would Ooh, get, them, kid. Like, I would get like in one of those like thrifty shoppers where people are giving away like goats and stuff like that, and me and my grandpa would go pick up like livestock all day long, and then broker it out to all the farm people that lived around them. You know, I was just like, hustling. I was, I was. And you're,
0: you're, I know you to be a hustler today, right? And so the same way, all three of us have been hustlers and, and in sales and you know s- selling anything and. And our whole selling life, nothing. Yeah, selling nothing. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, I it, could
2: sell nothing. You
0: nothing. know. And now today we use that same skill set in a different way that you know doesn't have you know consequences and negative impacts on our lives or our families' lives, and mm-hmm. it's crazy how we could utilize some of those at times negative character traits, and we could we turn them into assets of ours and use mm-hmm. them in a healthy way. Yeah. You know, but at some point in time, you know you get, you start drinking and you start doing coke. <laughs> and that's where the, the the script gets flipped here, you know? Yeah.
2: So why don't you share what it was like, um, you know, when you started drinking, quick transition to coke. So, like I, I I zoomed through, so my dad basically told me you either graduate high school or you turn 18 and you can go out and you can do whatever you want. So I did everything I possibly could to graduate. I didn't care if it was a passing, it was just, it, I didn't care if it was like- You just wanted um, out. Right? I wanted out, I wanted out. Um, and the year that I like that I got out of high school, my grandpa died that same year. Mm. So then that was like something. Something just died in me. Big boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that, that was my hero. He was gone, and so I didn't have that anymore in my life. And um, I started to like kind of like just like d- 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 dabble in drinking. Like the weed thing wasn't really a big deal for me. I didn't feel like always falling asleep. And back then they didn't have the weed that they had today. So you know, like I, was no, just, like, yeah. I don't even know what they got today. Mm-hmm dirt weed and shit like that that they had back then. It's so I was into <laughs> it it in so much trouble. I actually thought that I was bougie enough that I was yeah. born so bougie that I would get rashes whenever I would touch like the weed and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, I guess I got so not smoke it. Mexico? Mexico's weed. finest. Yeah, yeah you New know. Mexico ditch yeah. yeah, me. It was crap. But yeah, so like I just kinda like started drinking and kind of exploring different options. But well this is what I hear though, right? Man. So you got the trauma that comes from,
0: you know, Feeling different, growing up with your with your dad, him being your biggest bully in your life, um, you know, not feeling like you fit in at times, but trying everything you can to do to make your dad proud, um, but not succeeding. Your role model, your grandfather, he passes away, super void, super traumatic, and now all of a sudden you get introduced to to you know drugs and alcohol, yeah, and that timing couldn't have been any, perfect. Better. It was perfect. Because drugs and alcohol are the solution to our trauma, the guilt, the shame, the embarrassment, the remorse, regret. They're the solution to it. And so that and we start associating drugs and alcohol to making us not think, not feel, and not care. It kinda
2: helped me too like I I was like for, for, for the reasons that like I finally Felt comfortable in my skin, and I was able to finally expressing myself the way that I wanted to. You know, I was I always truly t- wanted to. Yeah, because I was always told. For, I was always told since I was a little kid. You know what I mean? You should have been born. You know what I mean? Like a different way, because then you would have. Like you know what I mean? You're so pretty, and you're this, and you're that. And I was just like, oh, and you're telling me. So like it was always a So like <laughs> when I was finally able to like go out and start drinking and and hanging out with a different type of crowd of people who accepted me, then I was. Um, it was game changer. One yeah. hundred percent. But then I started to see that there were certain things that I needed to do in life, and that I I would I started like researching like how I had to do this properly and how to be educated on what I was about to go through because I didn't want to be I don't know there, I just saw these like you either saw it on TV or like you know just these horror stories of like Jerry Springer bullshit you know what I mean and I was like that's not me like that's not me I would look around and I was like who am I gonna like role model myself after and. It wasn't, it wasn't um, a side, I didn't want to be a circus or a sideshow, you know, so. Yeah, you um, wanted to be you, and just be okay with that,
0: and be the person that, you know, you feel, and you you want to be.
2: Yeah, but I didn't want to be, like, I didn't want to go into, like, and it's nothing, nothing against any, I've got many gay friends, and I have trans friends, and all this other stuff, and, and I love them to pieces, but... I just knew that in order for me to find to be who I needed to be, I needed to be amongst genetic women, I needed to be in that type of scene, I, didn't, I, I couldn't pick up mannerisms in a way that was going to be something that was going to stand out in the community, where I, I, I knew that I, was, I thought differently, but the one thing that I always wanted to do was blend in with society so that way I could go into public and live my life normal and not have anybody like look at me a certain way or like treat me a certain way because of my own actions and the way that I was carrying myself. So I, I did a lot of Huge. studying. So I started studying really sure. hard on, on how to like actually carry myself, and so I also knew that there were certain things that I needed to start doing, and I needed to be able to have the funds to do it. So I um, started like getting on the internet and like talking to like older like you know men that like were interested you sugar, in something you sugar, sugar sugar babies. Kinda. Kinda this is like back. To, this is back like back. That this is when the internet was like when you'd pick up the phone and you'd hear the screeching noise. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it was like you know getting back on the that. dial up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Basically, was, if you remember, what was the first computer you had? Was that a mom's
0: house? You had a computer dial up. What was, what was the first computer you got? Dude, I had one of those
1: candy 2000s from Radio Shack <laughs> with a uh-huh. green screen. <laughs> yeah.
0: Peru. Yeah. Yeah. My, so, my parents, we had when we first, when the first computers came out, it was like a Mac or something like that, you yeah. know, and we had this like playroom at our house where we had like the Nintendo and the computer was in there. Right. And Me and my brother would fight all day and he, I'd beat him in video games, <laughs> so he'd get pissed, take the remote, and run off, right? But I remember I wanted to like look at porn or like, you know, <laughs> pictures of chicks in bikinis. But well, my mom's not the type of mom that's just gonna leave you in there and not check on you every twenty minutes. Right. Right. And it takes twenty minutes
1: to download a picture. Oh shit! <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Dude, the I'm picture's A gonna... picture half downloaded. Your like, Jason, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> I mean, those pictures took so long. I'm
0: gonna keep it PG right now. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't see many pictures. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um. But uh, you know, so that that time period though, when you 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 know you start looking around on the internet. You know, some people find relationships, some people, you know, strike out here and there. You have this goal to, you know, meet somebody and be able to to get the funds, but you like hit the lotto. Yeah, I... I, What's that? When I say hit the lotto, right? I mean, what (laughs) what do you think? It's like a
2: Powerball, huh? So, so the first guy that I met, um, (laughs) he was, he was like, he had a lot of money. He was in Chicago. He flew me out to Chicago. and. Um, he didn't know that I was underage, and um, I I was like 17-ish. Age? So yeah. 16? Okay. Yeah, like, kind of like 17, 16. <laughs> and he, um, he was kind of cool, though, because he was married. I didn't know that he was married. He had like two kids um, his family without like, you know, telling too much about himself. Like, they're a really prestigious, well-known family in, in Chicago. They own this big, huge, prestigious club, um, and it's where all men go to and do racquetball, cigars, all that kind of stuff. You have to have like more Money than you yeah, know, a boys, like, yeah, it's, it's a, a boys' yeah, club, exactly. Boy yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, is, yeah. And so, um, probably pay six figures for a membership, yeah, right. 100%. That's you know, it, exactly. it's like a beautiful building downtown yeah, sure. and stuff. Um, and so he ended up setting me up in a hotel for a couple of days while I was there, trying to figure out what we were doing. Asked me, um, since he figured this was not way. Okay, so how's this thing work here? How, how are we gonna do? Yeah, but I didn't want to go home. Like, he yeah, was like yeah. he, you're like this is nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, you got me in the Crown Plaza. Like, of course I'm not going. No, you were a minor yet. Well, I told him when I got there. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> after you. So got I got you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I was, I, I, I was saying I was 18 to everything. You know what I mean? I even not have to punch in that I was 18 because I was on the internet. So like you know. Um, but, I, he ended up, uh, I told him I wasn't going home, I didn't care, I, I just had nothing back at home anymore for me, my grandpa was gone, like, I was, yeah. like, just life was shitty back there, you know, even just, just meandering around, and, like, you know what I mean, and just getting drunk at, like, college parties and stuff like that just wasn't, like, it just wasn't where I wanted to go, so, and I knew that there were changes that I needed to make in my life, there were physical changes, there were things that I needed mm-hmm. to do, so that way I could live my life comfortably. The way you want, yeah. Yeah, and you. So, yeah. yeah, and so, um... He came out, he came like a day later and he's like, all right, he's like, I have a friend. She's looking for um, androgynous girls to like do a little modeling gig for her. And um, he's like, would you be interested? And I was like, hell yeah. Like, I mean, hello, Kate Moss and my, my Cam- uh, Naomi Campbell were like, that was like, those yeah, are posters my posters on the wall. Yes, I wanted to be them. I used to run away, walk in my bedroom. Yeah, like, like, where's John Hellway? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where's that damn Troy <laughs> poster I bought you? Yeah, I <laughs> thought that I would need them because like, I wanted boys on my wall or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I was to have, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, like everything was bare in my bedroom. So I could have a horse on the wall or something. But so, like, um, yeah. So how did? Uh, what happens from there? This is just extremely interesting. So like, I I started I was window art for like about a month straight. Yeah, what? Window art. You like they oh, would put yeah, us in. Art, we were like live models. Oh, models get in the window. Yeah, light? yeah, and like we, live and, ones? yeah boutiques yeah. in like in Chicago. It was like awesome. Like we would sit there all day long. They would put us in different. You'd have to pose and like sit there all day long. And people would come up and then see you. Well, wasn't that hard to do? just get the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: what
2: I would do. <laughs> I was really afraid to like move around. But like, but they had us in these like sheer like top outfits. So you know what I mean. If nobody had had like you know like you know their chest done or anything like that, that you. Would was still sheer, so you could. There was a, that whole androgyny factor that was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they asked me, somebody approached me and asked me, like, you want to make a little bit more money? Do you want to like try doing runway? You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, oh, heck yeah, yes, yeah. I wanted that to do that. Yeah yeah, 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 it was awesome. So I was able to like do, I started doing shows. Um, the girls didn't like that, they were kind of mean. They didn't like whenever like somebody like myself was taking jobs from them, like, they, they that's were
0: that's that's a catty-ass world it's very much my my cousin um you know shout out to him he's trying to be like a model and an actor and he lives in new york and he's from new york my aunt lives down here shout out Aunt Teresa. um but uh you know love Aunt Teresa. yeah <laughs> yeah she's awesome and then uh he's shared like the stories of it you know yeah. just how like shitty people are to each They're other purple. Because you gotta think about
2: it, you know how many how many models do you think audition for for a, a game? So they call it a go see, and whenever you have a go see, that's basically like a casting call. And when a go when they have put on a go see, and they tell you like we're looking for this look, this this this, you literally are like with maybe like a hundred girls or a hundred yeah. people in general just lined up waiting to get in there, and it's that's very a tough, tough, very tough throw. type of yeah. world to break into very cutthroat, and so, and and the thing that I had going for me was that, like, I just had, like, I, I, it was my, it was, it was my, my stage, stage presence, and, like, the way that I could walk, you know what I mean, and stuff like that, and I just wanted to fit in, like, I just thought, like, hey, maybe this is, like, this is my, this is where I belong, um, and then I, I kind of started getting, like, really depressed, I started thinking, maybe I should go back home, um, one of the makeup artists that I used to hang out with every now and then, she told me, she's like, why don't you just go do what they do, like, they all go do promotional work after, they go to nightclubs, and stuff like that, like, go and hang out, out with a them bit. yeah Get out a bit. so so I, I reluctantly did it but i did it um and i was drinking and i was like it, i was hanging out and i felt like i belonged but i was getting too drunk you know and like uh-huh. one of the girls was like take her to the bathroom take her to the bathroom like you need to show her you know she needs to calm down and i'm just i remember remember that she needs to calm down and i was like what the fuck am i doing like geez, yeah. like sorry for cussing. Oh, um so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so like I like we we uh she took me to the bathroom pulled out one of her keys like you know what I mean gave me this big old pow, wider, pow, um, powder white yeah, yeah, substance she's yeah. like hold your other nostril and just breathe in and I'm like, shout like out it was shout. like yeah. I was like I have arrived like I was like shit I could drink I could stay skinny like I could like I was fitting in people were giving me cocaine like I was like oh. hell yeah you know it was pretty fun um was able to like, I, I started liking that a lot more than I liked the work, um, but I was still doing, I would I would rather go out and do promotional work and work for the art galleries and the nightclubs, you know what I mean? Bring through like the people that have money and stuff and you know what I mean? Sit in the VIP area, I never would go into anywhere if I had to stand in a line. I became, yeah. I kind of started getting to live. So you were living it. the life. Living the life. I, you I, know, I, what, the last you know what,
0: when, when she said that, you know, that it was fun, right? Like she enjoyed it. right? I loved it. You loved it, right? And so we, all three of us have a time period Right. And that for me, it was 1997 sophomore year in high school. I had a lot of fun. I loved it. It was awesome. And so my disease tells me that every time that I pick back up or I think that getting high um, is a good idea, I think it's a good idea because I think that I can go back to 1997 when it was fun. But that was '97, and it's two, It's 2022, player. Yeah. Right? Like, I've collected data for the last 20 years that shows me that I can't go back to 1997. <laughs> but every time I pick back up, I can't. Right, like that's the insanity yeah. of the of the illness that we have. And so when I hear that, you know, I just think that, like, you know, that was it for you. You yeah. know, you're living this lavish lifestyle, you're a socialite, you're sitting in VIP in all the clubs in Chicago, New York, in Miami, you know, you got a, a sugar daddy, you want, is that safe to
2: say? Well, I, I, Multiples? I, <laughs> my friends used to tell me that I used to find my boyfriends in ICU because they were all so old. Oh, <laughs> but like, yeah. I, I mean, Viagra was not then yet, so I didn't have to worry about having anybody touch me. If somebody would come near me, I'm like, you're not doing better yeah. Touch me. Yeah, yeah, I didn't you have to do shit for you. you know what I mean? I was like a little prude. And I would like, but they would like, they would just buy nice. me stuff all the time. You know, I hear, I, I heard. we like, it is. I'm gonna call you a hustler. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. Basically, it is. Like I, I ended
0: up with Jennifer Lopez. Did you watch it? I did watch it. Yeah. What do you think of that
2: movie? I think it's pretty hot. It was, was alright. Yeah, it's pretty hot. It was, fun. It was Kristen good. Kristen lived that life for a little while.
1: Yeah, she did. <laughs> Keeping keep yeah. coke doesn't coped up and drunk you no know, yeah, kind
2: of well they didn't do the drugs so like I was okay with like just living my life they would have me set up where I wanted to live I would always let them know that I would come and visit them on certain days of the week and hang out with them go to dinner you know what I mean whatever and like make sure that they were like they were like okay with like keeping the lines of communication open and I was doing whatever the hell I wanted I met an older one and his name was he's may he rest in peace he's up in heaven now mr Hayford Pierce but he yeah, um, uh Hayford. he was <laughs> he was, he was he was badass he was like His family, like, owned, I think, like, they were, like, I don't know what they, what partial owners they had. They had something to do with Coca-Cola, Marlboro and stuff like that. Like, that long, yeah, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, 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 (laughs) And, but he was, he was (laughs) an amazing man, and he would, he would take in girls like myself, um, but he would always try to, like, give them the operation, give them all this stuff. But he was pretty badass, what he would do for a lot of them. Was he would put them through school and then he would trade you in for a new model. You know what I mean? Once you were able to like go and like be self sufficient, so he wasn't just giving girls operations in this life and then throwing them out on the street when he was ready to trade you in. Like He'd he actually and He would do really cool stuff for them. Big shout! I didn't out. need that because I was like, shit. He had me like I was a spoiled brat. Like I I, I was like he You're had still me a spoiled brat. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. nah, like, yeah. sure. He had me driving around in a Bentley, and then I had like you know my little two day boys, a Pomeranian that ate my guts. What are you driving right now? Mercedes, yeah, Mercedes. <laughs> Mercedes Benz. I have an E three hundred and fifty. Yeah, yeah, spoiled as But right. yeah. well, that's
0: okay, right? Like we work hard today. Yeah, yeah, right. I work for all that now. Hell yeah, yeah. we do. Um, yeah. But you're still spoiled. Right? Yeah, I have you four, like that, yeah.
2: But I know. You I know have four can... cars, you know, three houses, stuff like that, and all. But all, I, like, it's funny because I was so numb to the idea of any type of relationship at that time. All I knew was that my focus was on like accomplishing the things that i needed to be in my life so that way i was comfortable in my skin and that was basically it so i um i ended up uh like hanging out in the clubs a little bit more when confident. you say social life like what is you know i hear that all what, what is a social
0: life you just basically are social and you just are on all the parties. everybody wants to be
2: so i always wanted to i always wanted to be the party like i always wanted to go to the party Hop nopping? What? You ever heard of nopping? No, not that
1: kind of. Hop nopping. <laughs> what the hell are
2: you? We were splitting what hop nopping means. Those old men would have been happy if I was hop nopping. Yeah. yeah that yeah, was 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 wasn't <laughs> happening whatsoever. <laughs> <had> six cars. <laughs> so I like I I was I was I <laughs> socialized basically. so, I like I was the party. Like I would show up. You know what, yeah. what I mean? Like go to nightclubs, you know, even when i come to Scottsdale, you know what I mean? I remember Axis Radius, Mist, and stuff like that. Oh, was really you're big. You yeah. language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. Club Rio down off of, like, yeah, That's like, those types of period. things that I was not, I never stood in a line for shit. Those like, there buying, was, I, I was, I was, I was so, places. I was so hoity-toity that I would say that I'd buy it to feel, like, someone's breath on me or sweat. I'd be like, Ugh, like, all grossed out by them. Like, I was just an asshole. So, um,
1: oh, I just want to say this real quick, to, to speak Jason and Ron, socialite for us would be, Eusebia. She knew a guy. She knew that. Yeah. Like, the I'm always socialite. the one got you. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Worked for art galleries. Art galleries yeah. are cool. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> if, you, if you go know the people that have the money. Give the know, the get them the club. get them the club. The like, get them in there. Like get them. Get, drink them up. Give them like, plenty of cocaine. And then out comes the wallet and they start paying for shit. And they start paying for like art or whatever. It, art galleries, not clubs. It's a big thing for like, you know sure. what I mean? So, yeah, and sure. I was like a pet socialite at one. I'd have the designers that would make clothes for me and I'd go walking in there. You know what I mean? And wear these like beautiful like, you know, designer. Like I mean, something that was fitted just for me and tailored just for me, and just walk around and just say like you know some crazy shit and drink and you know what I mean and like walk around and just like promote the club and the like club owners or like you know the art gallery owners I so, been, basically. Yeah. I it was it was it was fun, yeah. How'd that been? It was fun, you know. And so, you know, we I think we
0: all have time periods in our life like this, right? But. The problem is when drugs and alcohol are involved and we're living in character defect pretty much, you know, 95% of the day our actions are, you know, the the main, you know, manifestations of my illness, my character defects are lying, cheating, manipulating and stealing, right? That's my go-to. That was what was comfortable to me for 20 years. They were assets to my addiction, um, to my lifestyle. And, you know, things go good, but things always go so good till they go so bad. Yeah. Right? So at some point through all that, I mean, living the life, like right, for real, uh, like a movie star type lifestyle, it starts to go bad for you, right? Yeah. And so when it
2: goes bad, you end up in Phoenix. Well, in Arizona. The reason why I came but to it is Phoenix does go bad? Well, I fell in love with this younger guy, um, and I didn't realize, I wanted to have, when I fell in love with him, I was like, well, now I can have this, like, I I had become who I needed to be, and I felt comfortable in my skin, so I was like, well, I can finally be with this this younger guy, just wanted to be like, you know, like, have that, like, white picket fence, and you know know what I mean, and all that other stuff, and like, maybe adopt two little boys, and you know what I mean, and have, like, a normal life, and so I told Hayford about it, and... Hayford cut me off financially. All the cars were still under my name, but he, like, he cut me off financially. And when I went to go tell the guy that this had happened, um, he disappeared as fast as Hayford had disappeared. So it was just all at once. They like, mean, yeah, yeah, like karma hits me at once. Like, if I do something messed up to you guys, I walk outside lightning hits me. That's just the way it works. That's for me. the that's the universe, right? That's the you way it works. For me. God, the universe, laws of. I mean, I
0: believe in Jesus Christ, and I also believe in laws of attraction. Yeah, sure. Right, and I believe you. What you put out there, will you get come yeah, 100%. Reap what you serve. Yeah. Our li- all three of
2: our lives are proof of that. Yeah. Of God and laws of attraction. Right? Like, I, I think that I was given that opportunity for a short period of time to, like, be able to have this, like, amazingly beautiful life that I, like, could have never imagined of having. Have you ever seen, like, there's a show on Netflix called Inventing Anna? And it's about this little like socialite that comes to New York and she like ends up like, she's fake. She like makes up all that shit. Is it based on true story? Yes. Yes. And when I watched it, I was sitting there and I'm like watching it and I'm like, Oh my God, it's like inventing Inventing Anna. It's really cool.
0: You know, the only thing I watch is crime shows soccer, (laughs) and soccer. That's (laughs) it. That's it. it. I don't want to see, you know, remakes of anything. Like I want to see mugshots, real footage. That's what I like. That's the only thing I watch. Shout out my wife; she'll tell you that's it, right? So I've seen the Dateline, and when we're talking about the Hustlers movie, the Dateline, the true story is way better. Yeah. Well, J los J Lo. Yeah, yeah. That's J Lo, yeah. but you know, um, and so you end up when it all when it all comes down let's just say right you know the structure comes down yeah um, like Ron says yeah we have, Ron says which I really like when he pulls the structure down in his head he's got this unique ability to, to duck out the way and mm-hmm. it falls on everyone that he loves um, every you know time. every time that's that's that and I can relate to that so much right yeah. but you're kind of out there all on your own right you know so The structure falls down on you, and now you got to make the move, right? Yeah, because I
2: well, like I was like all the all the people that I was hanging out in the social groups that I was around and stuff like that. Like they knew that I didn't have these this lifestyle anymore, so they were the people that were like that that were like they were like suckling off the like off of like you know what I mean the tit of the like money horse, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then once the money horse was gone, then they wanted to throw salt in the wounds and tell me you know what I mean that the other guy was cheating on me and all this stuff. And I'm just like. I just, I got so disgusted by the fact, and I, didn't, I knew these people weren't my real friends, you know what I mean, I knew I had real friends, and those people are still my friends to this day, but like, those people were the ones that were just like, I, I knew that they weren't, but it was funny how they turned on me, and so I just didn't want to be a part of that, and I, I just packed up my stuff, I left the cars in New Mexico, I got them a Greyhound, because I just wanted my life to, I knew that if I came to Phoenix, it was a big enough city where I could lose myself in the city, and oh, I, didn't, did. also, oh, okay. I, yeah, I didn't, right I didn't have that. to worry about being like, I didn't have to worry about being the socialite, I didn't have to worry about being this, you know what I mean, this, like, what yeah. I had built myself Pressure. up to, Pressure. you know, yeah, so I moved here, um, I came on a Greyhound called this guy that I knew that lived off of Camelback Mountain that we used to, like, you know, go to nightclubs with, and you know, he was the one that would basically take us from nightclub to nightclub and, you mm-hmm. know, stuff like that here when we would come into town to party, um. Started thinking I was gonna go into the same rope, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, Where's the Coke? Where's the Coke? Where's the Coke? And he gave me some, like, he's like, I got some, he gave me some stuff. And I'm like, This isn't Coke, this is like creatine. This is what you give strippers so they don't get locked up. I'm like, Give me something else. And he's like, well, welcome to the city of the Spun, honey. And I was like, this this mean? Yeah,
0: the valley of the Spun.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. God. And he was right about Hands that. Hands me a pipe, and I was off and running. I was like, it, this numb, warm feeling took over me, and I didn't care that I had lost all the money. I didn't care that the guy wasn't there. I didn't care about anything that was going on in my life that I had been working so hard to get to. I didn't give a shit. Like, yeah. it, it, was, it was all about, like, just numbing, numbing, the numbing. The change numbing. of the worship and the higher power becomes... Methamphetamine, one hundred percent. And, and Ron found it. it. Hey, you
1: yeah. found it out here too. Yeah, I, I did. And you know, I I know you've heard my story, right? <laughs> but, um, for me, methamphetamine, what it did for me. The
0: greyhound
1: came it, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah hold the, the same thing in mirrored. But when I, it cured me of my crack cocaine addiction. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I'm questioning. Wait a minute, I'm not a drug
2: addict. I'm yeah. just doing the wrong drug. I stopped drinking.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I was like, who needs to drink yeah. anymore? Who needs that?
0: Yeah. And so that's what's crazy about it, you know, when our our mind tells us that we can drink or we can smoke weed, right, because it's legal, right? And when I think about my own personal story, you know, I think about, wow, well, you know, that wasn't really the problem, it was heroin, but the the thing for me was is the reason I didn't do any other drugs is I couldn't afford any other drugs. (laughs) I couldn't afford to drink. I couldn't afford to smoke weed. Heroin took all my money and my mom and dad's money and my wife's money and and all your money. Anyone who came in contact with me, mm-hmm. right? And and but when I look at my drinking, I got uh, minor consumptions of alcohol. I hit a house with a vehicle. Got an aggravated DUI. I've had a breathalyzer on two different times. Right? When I smoke weed, I smoke weed. Got out of bed, smoked a joint. Put my shoes on, smoked a joint. Got the car, smoked a joint. My first yeah. felony
1: get yeah. your Point. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. Dude, I that's that crazy
0: how that works. Well, yeah.
1: I I had a front row seat for you know you were you were trying your hardest to stay off heroin. You were on methadone. Mm-hmm. You found spice. Yeah, so I did. Spice. It right. It was legal at the time. And I watched Jason. He had a three hundred dollar a day spice habit, the same as a heroin habit. I did. Right. And and that's for real, for real, like, but in, I know in his mind, it wasn't, it wasn't heroin. heroin, it wasn't heroin, good, I'm not yeah. taking needles in my arms, I'm not smoking on tinfoil, driving around, I don't have black fingers, and, but we always find a way, right, we have those addictive personalities, yeah. and uh, the one thing that sticks out the, the, the most, and I know both, both of you are big book people, is especially, you know, men and women use essentially because we like the
2: effect produced. And for you, it sounded like the effect produced when you didn't have to think about what you just lost. Yeah, it numbed me. It numbed yeah. me so much so that, like, he, um, he, started, he started doing things that, like, kind of, like, started standing out to me. And, I mean, he probably thought I was just, I was just stupid and, like, he just introduced me to some drug. And he didn't understand that, that my goals in my life were a long time making since I was a little kid, since I was, like, three or four when I realized that what my life was going to be like. And so I've always been witty, and I've always been one step ahead. Mm-hmm. He was—he um, would go to Waterburger. He'd pick up a water, like a number one with jalapenos and cheese, water size, with a sprite, and force me to eat it and drink, and drink this. Drink. I would, i wasn't hungry. I, I wanted to eat on it, but he started forcing me to eat. He would take any phone away from me. He would take anything away. He would lock me in one of the rooms and make me sleep. Um, he started teaching me how to function on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was his plan because then you know, he started to introduce me, he started taking me to like some little gatherings where like there was people that worked in the adult industry because he thought that he was gonna like kind of like, he was basically trying to like, you know, like your pay, agent, yeah, maybe we'll yeah, kind of yeah, way to say yeah, yeah. it, yeah, yeah. Let's call yeah. agent. Yeah. I like we'll that, you want call better. it agent? I like that uh, better. My mom's gonna watch this, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> agent, agent 100%. Know. But the thing about it was that, hey, I hope you're feeling better. I, it was an agent, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's heard them all, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um. I, um, I I actually like started I because of the personality that I have and because of the way that I knew how to work myself around these people with money and do that kind of stuff um, I was able to kind of like start making waves myself and I found that I could make money still modeling again but I started modeling in a different industry um, started working for adult friend finder. Mm-hmm. Started working for some other companies. I'll, I'll keep those ones out of yes. it. But I was, I wasn't like I, I was, I was what you call a lingerie model. Yeah. Um, and modeling lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. But I, but I ate and I slept. Yeah. So I always, even though I was a little bit thinner, I still looked good. I wasn't shot out. You know yeah. what I mean? But I found that that industry had gave me so it, it, that power that I had the power trip that I was on when I had like all the money and stuff like that. Even though I didn't have that money, there was still a power trip there because yeah. I was still making my own money. I still had my own drugs. I was still, but in my life was just shit. It was a horrible lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like, it was just, the people are like evil in that lifestyle. It was completely. like, a world of meth. And Satan. It, all I can say was that was Satan right there. Like, I met Satan so many times in different forms of different human beings, and they were just, it was Arizona just not. 100%. Yeah, big time hell. Yeah, for sure. And
0: yeah. And, and, and. You know you you know you I, Oh, I think about that a lot you know when I'm driving around you know I'd say I'm in recovery and I you know and I just think about just the underground lifestyle that Arizona has being so close to the border in Mexico mm-hmm. and everything that comes with it dude it is and, and and there's a lot of us in recovery and you know have that story of what it is like and it's right. it's
2: dark as hell yeah
0: you know? I encountered
2: a guy that, like, I remember he used to hang out with one of my friends. Um, my friend used to, like, to kind of, like, tease people, like, hey, she's pretty, ha, 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 guess what? You know what I mean? And, like, everybody, nobody ever cared, especially because I came with, like, a title of being a model and all the other crap of working for adult friend finder and stuff, so guys didn't really give a shit. But there was this one in particular that, like, he would, like, say weird shit to me that he would, that he would like, you know, he could have me murdered or put me in, like, a snuff film or something like that. Like, he was really scary, Really, yeah, really that's scary. that's going on? That's yeah, very, it was yeah, real. Yeah, it was, yeah. He actually like ended up getting caught because he had like he was over there like partying at somebody's house and had a body in the trunk of his car and ended yeah. up, like you know what I mean. But it was it's very evil. It was scary, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so
0: you have this lifestyle now, and this goes on from 2003 to 2014, right? Yeah, off and on, yeah. and off and on, right? Mm-hmm. And there's so much that's happened during that happens during that time period. But 2015 starts to hit, and then you meet somebody, right? So
2: I met him before 2015. Um, I met him here probably, like, we started dating, like, 2013-ish a little bit off and on. So you're starting
0: to date him as, you know, because from 2003 to
2: to 2014, you're getting fucking burned out. Well, I would like I would take breaks. I would take like maybe like a three month break, a six month break, you know what I mean and then I would do like a little Good weekend break, thing yeah. and then it would be like maybe like a week or two off and on. but yeah. Uh, yeah I would take small breaks okay um, I, was say, okay. <laughs> I would yeah, no, break. no, it wasn't solid like it I would take breaks too. I would take breaks they would, would make you <laughs> <me> sleep yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, dude get in Bella's room climb into her
1: princess castle yeah and take your ass to bed. I should go in the princess
2: castle. I love, love that I love that
0: she was my roommate. Shout out,
1: Bella. Shout out Hi, girl. Bella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And so, but now here we go, and I really want to get into this. Um, and so, you end up getting married in 2015. And uh, yeah. To this know, guy, like, like
2: public marriage. Yeah. Like, like, just share that for us. So, so we moved from from Arizona to New Mexico to try to get away from the drugs because it was it was pretty crazy. Like he his. His drug habit was different from my drug habit. Like my homeless was in in a spare bedroom in a nice house. Mm-hmm. His homeless was living on the streets. So his was it was a different, a completely different monster. You know what I mean? And he would get he would get messed up and he would get crazy and beat the crap out of people if they got near me. And to me, I'm like, oh, this is endearing. He really loves, loves me, me. He loves, <laughs> he loves me yeah. so much. He break through a door just to get to me. He loves me. Um, and so then we ended up going to New Mexico because I figured so like Arizona was, was a problem. Well, yeah, well, that, <laughs> and then. I (laughs) I knew that my family was there, and then for some reason, he screwed up, at least, because he wouldn't stay away from me. It was almost obsessive, so, like, I thought that maybe if we went over there and he screwed up, my family would have him ship him back to Arizona, and then I would be stuck in a safe place. Yeah, yeah. so that's why I went. Um, He ended up getting sober. He ended up starting to, like, he got sober, I got sober. Like, we were, like, like, living this, like, different lifestyle, like, just this, like, a normal lifestyle. He's the one. Yeah, he actually asked me to marry him, like, in a, like, parking lot at Walmart, and I was like, this is not happening this way, this is not the way that I was supposed to get engaged, not me, like, and the ring that he got me was a a little diamond chip one, so I had to make him take it back, because otherwise he wouldn't go to work for the rest of the week, so it was a $60 ring, so I made him take it back, but, um, so when, I, when we started talking about like getting married, I thought that I was just gonna have some private little wedding. Um, I wanted to do it in the forest. So I had this like whole like Lord of the Rings whimsical like wedding thing in my mind of how I was gonna do it. I asked an old designer friend of mine to like make me a gown, but um, it didn't turn out to be that way. My, this, uh, the minister that came forward and she had offered to do my wedding for free she started talking to me about like about me doing things that would help like girls like myself out. Um, and she she's like, "Have you heard about all the bad stuff that's going on?" And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "I, I kind of had a really bad taste for Caitlyn Jenner. Um, I didn't really care for the way that Caitlyn Jenner came out and did things because I felt that." The only way that you could actually come out and be a voice for a whole community is if you've walked a mile in our shoes, and you haven't. You thought because you lived, you grew up, you had a, a household filled of beautiful Kardashians walking around that you were going to automatically get accepted into society. And what you ended up doing was you ended up going out and doing things the wrong way, and people were getting murdered and beat up and committing suicide because they were just living in the shadows of their little towns now where brought they could to be comfortable. The yeah, and and it was horrible. So I was sitting there watching the I was watching the talk one day and they were talking about these all just this accumulation of people that were you know losing their lives because of it and then I told her I was like all right let's do this we'll do it publicly she'd been hinting around about doing this publicly Um, I talked to my ex about it and I was like hey are you okay like you you're you're, I've never I never dated guys that were like out with that kind of stuff you know what I mean so like I didn't know how he was going to take it because it's different from dating somebody, but if you're gonna take it like worldwide and it's gonna be like, you know what I mean, videos are gonna be done, it'll be on magazines, it'll be all this different stuff, I needed to have that conversation with him to yeah, see how comfortable he was. Cool, like being out like that. And he was, yeah. he was like, whatever whatever it takes for you to like be able to help people the way you wanna help people. So I was like, all right, cool, okay. so let's do this. So we got a whole bunch of people together in New Mexico like people just were coming forward they wanted to make our wedding cakes for free my wedding gown was like stunning like we had our wedding at um, our ceremony at this Marriott that they offered to do the whole wedding for us there then want to see if production can, <laughs> can slide those pictures in, because I've seen the pictures of the cover yeah. of the magazine, you look yeah. beautiful, it's Thank really you. Cool. Yeah. Thank you, and then um, one of my friends, um, shout out to Carlos, he has a really shot. beautiful nightclub in El Paso, and <laughs> he like hosted the whole like, the whole like reception and bottle service and treated me like they knew me from back in the day when I had money, and it was a beautiful experience. Nice. Beautiful experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, but shortly after that, we had to come back to Arizona, and uh, things got like went south then. Like relapses, yeah, relapses. Relapse he involved. started asking if we could, like, if we could start, you know, if we could party every now and then, and I was like, no, no, no. Like, on right? We, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. One night. Yeah, Actually, yeah. I just want
1: to say something real quick because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of putting this together, and I'm just so captivated by your story. Ever since you were a child, you worked extremely hard, right, not to be that person right you didn't want to stand out in that way you wanted to
2: find your way i never get, i never do it i know right. i always want to just do things in, in a small form and I, every single time that i walk into a situation it's always larger than life and then when you got married it's God wants
1: it empowered be. you to help other people right mm-hmm. because of the climate what was happening because i
2: no, i was okay i was okay with it because i mean people just I, like i the streets were played differently for me like yeah. i i didn't have the experiences that a lot of people had and so i felt that you know People could see me and like be like, you know, that's our neighbor. Like this is just this is the new normal. Like they're just a new normal couple. Like why go out and you know what I mean and treat them horribly or sure. you know what I mean. So we did that and it was like the outpour of like support was amazing. I'd go to grocery stores and these little old ladies would come up to me and they're like, "Can I hug you? Like you're yeah, such yeah. a beautiful person inside and out." And I'm like, "Oh my God, yes, please yeah. come here, hug yeah. me." It was just amazing. Yeah. Um, that like just the support that we had from the community like I mean there were some people that naysayers that had their their ways of saying whatever like yeah, they wanted I mean, to say but at the end of the day like I was able to like help people and you know and, and stuff like that so really it was a
0: cool super cool experience you know and then you know you got to come back to AZ and we start dibble dabbling, you know
2: what I mean Hobnobbing. so he started so he started first he started first. Um, he started using. I, I, I was catching him do, like, I would, like, I would, you know, show up at home and he would, I knew what that he was using. I mean, we used together, so it wasn't like he was hiding it. Um, and then things kind of got abusive. He started putting his hands on me because I, would, I wouldn't I would allow him to bring the drugs in the house. Um, I wouldn't see him for, like, weeks at a time. He would just disappear. And I was working um, for a restaurant in Old Town, Scottsdale, um, Barrio Queen. Shout out to Barrio Queen. Shout out Barrio Love Queen. Love Barrio Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was he also I was, worked for Hustler at Metro Center. Big <laughs> shout out to Shout Metro out, Center. Hustler. Three yeah. 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 o'clock so yeah. in the morning, yeah. People first. used to ask me, is it a crazy job? So I'm like, no, oh, okay. it's a retail job. I just sell yeah, So Yeah, <laughs>
0: so sad <laughs> for all the juggalos that have no place to hang out anymore. Was I, I am scared of right? the juggalos. Yeah, well, that's true. They took that place over. I think they're all in Mesa now because
2: Probably fit. that checks out. I did not know if that was a little hatchet tattoo scared the shit out yeah, of Yeah, and so you're, you know, but here we are now. We're relapsing. You're in an abusive relationship. You I'm know. using. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's 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 crazy. It's really crazy, and I end up. Um, get sick, I get right? sick. I got. I ended up coming down with valley fever and um, doubling. Like like bad out. bad like so bad that i couldn't even like i couldn't even hold down um pedialyte like a shot glass of pedialyte i would throw that up i was like i was probably like 92 pounds um i was really really sick um i had to go into the hospital and i was sitting in there for like the first three weeks that i was in there and i just remember just like sitting there and i'm like what is what am i what am i doing with my life like what what have I done? Yeah, I got married publicly, but two weeks later, that's forgotten. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what is going to be my legacy that I'm going to be able to leave yeah. behind? I don't, I don't have children. It's not like I have, like, these stories to be able to, like, carry on to, like, people that, you know what I mean? So I started thinking, I'm like, how can I, like, help people? So um, I would actually gotten away from, like, the hustler thing. I started right before I got sick. I was working for um, uh, Scottsdale Doggy Suites for this, this um, girl who I knew. Her name was Shayna. Ryan, she's an amazing woman, um, and she uh, would take in, she was, she, she would take in girls that were like, that either worked in the adult industry or were strippers or something like that and would to help, help them change their them. lives, good. take them to church and yeah, stuff like good. that. Good she walked me into, oh, she's amazing. Yeah. She's an amazing oh, human being. Yeah, because they, people need help, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she, and she would, and she just was, she was just like, she was a shining light in our lives. Yeah, she was. So, um, she started taking me to like Impact Church, and this was before I got sick. Um, and I just like, I, I remember walking into that church. I always wanted to go back to church. Ever since I was a little, since I would like, I walked away from the church, I always wanted to go back to church. And when I sort of, I walked in that church and there was worship and like my, just the tears rolling down my face. The, the pastor, Pastor Travis, you're an amazing man. Um. He would like just, I felt like he was talking to me all the time. And he's edgy. He's edgy. He's not like, you know, I mean, not, not anything against like, you know, the wholesome ones. Like, God, he's, closest, he loves people close. He does. He does. He, he, you know, know what I mean? Like, he's, he even talks about every now and then he wants to kick a cat because he doesn't like him, but he doesn't do it. You know what I mean? I love that kind of stuff. Like, because he's just, he's real, you know? And I like real. I, I love him. He's a, he's like an him. amazing man. And the church was amazing. And, and got sober. I got sober. Sober happened. Yeah, and then I got sick, and then I'm sitting there in the hospital, and I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? I, I didn't know, and so I started thinking, maybe I could become a public speaker, use the platform that I used to get married, um, and I called um, Phoenix College, talked to an advisor. Show first out of a graduate alumni of Phoenix College, <laughs> shout out to <laughs> He's so proud of that. Shout out, out. <laughs>
0: shout out to all the my soccer, boy. right there. The soccer <laughs> boys over <laughs> there, down there, you know, Phoenix College, man, be,
2: uh, <laughs> that was too. Awesome.
0: two... You know, obviously before having kids and, and my wife and the amazing life that I have today, those two years when I played soccer at Phoenix College and won some awards and big time games, man, those were, that was the time. Ooh, yeah, that's awesome. awesome. Good time. Shout that's out to awesome. Phoenix College. Shout players. out, Bears. You know, but you, you talked to that admissions rep over there and, and she said, you know, might you might need to get a little bit better education, a little bit better understanding. Yeah. You know, and it's hard to be a motivational speaker when you haven't wrote a true happy ending to your story, right? Yeah. So you got to go out there and get some education and you find yourself at CBI and that right there starts community bridges for all the listeners out there who don't know at CBI community bridges, detox. Um, they got everything, community outreach. They have so much. They've been around for like 40 years. Um, and you know, they're really the cornerstone of recovery in Arizona. They started it, man. Yeah. Um, so was they, Lark. yeah,
2: Lark. yeah. 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 Big shout <laughs> out to CBI. You yeah. know, um, and now you start this journey of work. Is it, it was amazing. Yeah. I, I walked in there. I walked in there to go interview, and it was funny because um, I interviewed with Bill Boyer. Shout out to Bill Boyer. He's mm-hmm. an amazing. He was an amazing boss. Um, and I told him a little bit about my story, and I told him that I wanted to become a peer support. And he's like, "You're who we need. We need Shout you here. Peer support. Yeah, we need you peer here." Support. And um, and then I, I called my ex husband because he was sober at the time, but he was living at like a halfway house inside. I mean, he school. was
0: sober like this. Was that mean
2: like kind of sober? Uh-uh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> California. So it's, for it's, Demi Lovato's so There okay, you go. A, I love Demi Lovato. Yeah, um, it's every, it's every every three months was kind of like a thing, like you know, it's, it's sobriety and then thinks he's got it, doesn't want to do the steps, I and then his journey. That's yes. his journey. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I called him up, told him I got this job at, at CBI, and coincidentally, the man who hired me grew up with my ex-husband, um, and uh, they were like, they were like, they went to school together, all that kind of stuff. But anyway. Um, I started work working on this, I yeah, started working on this crisis unit, and I just remember, st- I was like, I was, I was in there, and I would like, I was working with people, and there was people that, they are just mean, they were mean at first, I was like, what is going on, and you're like, my aunt called me, she's like, how do you like your job, I was like, I don't think I'm, I, I don't think I'm cut <laughs> out for this. this, these people are just, I'm trying to help them, she's like, do you expect that, that sick people are going to just Behaving take themselves. kindly to you, because you're sitting there, and you're saying you're helping it's them, you're she's like, you're doing God's work, she's like, you're doing God's work. Do you think that God's work is easy? It's never easy. And I was just like, oh, she got me with that one. So... Stuck it out. I stuck it out, but, I, it out, but I was working 16-hour shifts. Like, I would like the limit that was a 16-hour shift, and if I told somebody that I was going to help them out, then I would help them out, and they started putting me in the detox unit where I was able to, like... Facilitate groups and and like and really touch like people's hearts and like and connect with them. It was almost like this intuition that I have of being able just to sit and talk to somebody and pull stuff out of them. And it was an amazing experience, you know. Yeah. I worked really hard in there, and I went but, from there. But the, but the problem is, you didn't take care of yourself on your own self-care, right? So, so what happened was I, yeah, see what I, happened I, was. I opened up. I opened up the first methadone for, for CBI, and basically, what they, what, what happened was once I, I had my first hundred clients with that methadone clinic. Um, I was able to they took I, I was able to apply to become a supervisor and became a supervisor and it was like that was where I was I was like yes yeah, I wanted Yeah. I well, arrived yes. well it wasn't so I had a friend that I had used with when I was in addiction um, and I um, he ended up hitting me at the senior that I worked in in recovery and I know. I know. he's yeah and I of course because I have God in my mind and my heart I was tithing I was doing all the things that I wanted to do that were like making my life feel like fulfilled and I just I was filled with like so much love that I thought my glasses was overflowing and I thought I could help other people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, of course I could help you. Like, you had a child that died on you and you're dealing with addiction and all these other things. Like, I'll go ahead and I'll be the person to, like, be the take the brunt of that. And I started staying with him at his apartment and he and his friends would be, like, using dope in the living room and I would just be asleep and getting up and going to work. Um, I did have one little, like, little lapse at that time where I tried it with them for a weekend and then I didn't do it for, like, months after that. And finally... Um, after eight solid months of, like, of, like, being around this and him moving into my place. I mean, because he moved in. of time without using yeah. being around I, like I, that. I was really, because his family, like, took me in. You know what yeah. I mean? These people, like, and, and his family are amazing people. And they're, like, God-fearing, like, ama- his dad's, uh, his dad is just, uh, he's an awesome guy. Um... And so I wasn't the, the friend that was supposed to come into that situation and actually, like, have an impact on them. All of our, like, mutual friends thought that I probably wouldn't be a part of his life because of that, because yeah. of me being different and then being hardcore Christian. Um, but I was going to, like, I, I was I was doing, you know, like, holidays with them and, and going to church every Sunday with them. And I was a part of the family and um, they trusted me. And when he had, he had gone, he was a roofer, and he, would, he went out of town, came back into town, and he's like, you know, I want us to be able to, like, connect like we used to, and I took that offer, and I decided to start, like, smoking oh, dope, yeah. and then we yeah. did it, it as a weekend thing, and then, you know, so an, you everyday an everyday thing. thing. So when it, it turns into an everyday thing... Meth and, connects. Yeah,
0: it does, <laughs> it's a connector. <laughs> yeah. And so the problem is when you are doing meth every day, and you have a job, and you're working at CBI, you mean, you're getting high at CBI...
2: Right and yeah, I, I like did. so I so I would we would well, he would pick me up from work. Um, I had this really really nice Chrysler. Um, he would pick me up from work and we would go straight to the dope man's house, party all the way through the night. Drop me off in the morning at work. I go home, take shower, get myself together, go go to work again. And I was finding myself getting so tired that I couldn't go through the day without getting high. So he would have to drop me off a pipe and some dope, and I would be smoking the detox unit where I used to help people get better. Yeah, it's crazy. It's the insanity in the, in yeah. the of this disease, you know. Um, but you start getting back into
0: church, and you, you know, you get sober for a period of time, and you, you're able to work for Community Bridges for a period of time after that. And then finally you leave, and you meet a, You have this other friendship, right? And, and, and it gets abusive, right? Yeah. I mean, and it gets bad for you in this relationship. Like, really bad. And what I also mean really bad in the friends and... The friendship is abusive and the trauma that comes from all the different types of abuse. What also comes from it is you starting to use a needle in
2: your addiction, right? Yeah, he kind of brought it to her. He was like, yeah. he's, he couldn't get high anymore. I couldn't get high anymore just by like doing it the normal out. way. Yeah. yeah, we couldn't do it that way. So he was like, we might as well just start like, let's just start trying the needles. And I remember the first time that I did it, like I just felt like, I felt like I was dying when I did it. Like I didn't even feel like, the like I felt the rush, but I just remember... Feeling like I was dying inside, like my soul was dying, when I did it the first time, and every single time after that, I felt like my soul was dying. Um, I always had a higher tolerance because, back to the very beginning oh, of my yeah. meth use, like I was, I was coached into being able to function on it. Mm-hmm. So other people always dropped like flies around me, and you I'm the one that's I, on could and it, and it, I could got go got and I could lot go I can go. My, <laughs> my tolerance was really, really and high, irony, No matter what, really, really high. And so I, like they, like, things got crazy, and, like, you know, my apartment was, there was holes in my walls where, like, skateboards were thrown through it, and, like, everything was destroyed, walls were, I mean, the doors were, like, punched and disintegrated so off into, the like, house. it was crazy, you know, it was crazy, and I was trying to, like, and I was trying to, like, keep up with, like, taking care of the situation and making sure that there was always a roof over our head, and there was always a, a nice place, not a nice place, but a comfortable place to be able to get high, and there were people, like, living in our living room, and it just got really, really bad, and I finally, like, His mom came and did like an intervention with with one of the pastors in front of our apartment and at that moment I'm like standing in front of the mirror and I'm like just crying and I'm staring at myself and I'm like, do you want to still keep living like this? Do you want, he's suffering and you're like, and all I'm doing is aiding it by like going, and I I always got drugs for free, like I didn't, I could walk in and just say some witty shit to one of my drug dealers and they're just like, here, take a whole bunch of it, it's okay, you came and hung out with me, like I always had that type of reputation with them. Um, and so I was supplying this like habit constantly, so that way the abuse wouldn't happen. To try to yeah, keep, keep things happy, it was that codependent relationship. Sure, sure. And so I finally it gotten to be too much for me, and I, I called up one of my old buddies at, at Crossroads, and I was like, I, I can't. This dude I was, like, I, I, was right like, I was like, I can't do this. I was like, I, I, I was trying to be the, I was trying to be the solution for the problem, but now I'm the problem. Yeah. So get him out of here, and so and he then he ends up going to Crossroads, but
0: then you spend the next year going super hard the next eight months yeah yeah Yeah, basically yeah
2: hard the paint i was i was literally like because i felt like because then i was that codependent thing where like i'm like i was abandoned i was abandoned what am i doing now covid is hitting like I'm yeah. living in South Phoenix, of all places. Like, no offense to South Phoenix, sorry South Phoenix, but you know what I mean. To me, I was like, I was like, I was felt like I was in a third world country. Yeah. You know, and I'm like living <laughs> living yeah, on two living acres of land out. in this little house with that? like you know conspiracy theorist people, and I've never been around that kind of stuff. It was weird. Me, and my little French bulldog Genesis. Like, I just like I was like What's shout up? out to the bulldog Genesis. Genesis so so Genesis, cute. Yeah.
0: And so at some point in time from there, you know, you end up sobering up after that eight month stretch, and you get a job, and you start working at you know Taros, and you're yeah. there, and you're sober and you're able to do it and then you know there's a requirement for everyone who works in the industry yeah. You know, a lot of places don't follow compliance, and, but compliance, you know, is fingerprint clearance card, right? It's a mandatory yeah. thing. It, it depends on the level of care that you work in, right? But for anyone who works in the industry, it's, it's a great credential to have. Mm-hmm. If you have a peer support and you have a fingerprint clearance card, you can pretty much get a job anywhere, yeah. um, plus your lived experience or qualifications for the job. Mm-hmm. And so they need this fingerprint clearance card, but it's t- it takes forever. Right. And they're not willing to wait when you apply a solution to sobriety, you know, you know, shout out to the solutions of sobriety, you know, workforce, there's a lot of amazing individuals that worked over there. So shout out to them. Um, but there's a, there's a stipulation now. So you've been sober for a year and you get the solutions of sobriety and they tell you, yeah, we, we see you got the experience in the field, but we need you to have some experience in recovery. Yeah. So requirement was, was to like, go to meetings, like, work a program, have a sponsor, and because you're bougie as hell and you think you know everything, just like me and Ron, right? Yeah, I'm just going to yeah, say yeah, it, yeah. right? And you make <laughs> a sponsor yeah. that you can manipulate, yeah. right? And that's what you do, so you half-step it, but the problem with all that is is there's an individual, her name is Kristen Day. Shout out, Kristen yeah. Day. Check out it's the Kristen episodes, Day. She's she's been on um you know the Powerless, Powerful podcast, she's been on the Sanctuary Radio podcast, right? Um, big shout out to her, but she spots your fucking bullshit. Oh yeah, she's, calling um, it your she's bullshit. she would see
2: me walking around, like, because yeah. we worked together there, and, and I, it's funny, because I kind of had a little girl crush on her, um... Like I would see her on, I would see her on in pictures and stuff like that prior That's to ever knowing. Yes, yeah. yes. And I was, like, and yeah, was Look, and it was funny because fancy pants. It was funny because everybody <laughs> got, look. everybody yeah. had said like whenever like when I came to work, it's there, they're like they're like you guys both sparkle, you guys both sparkle, you, you sure guys belong don't. being friends. You know right. what I mean? So um, she ends up inviting me to the water park with her and Ryder. Shout out to Ryder, Shout out Ryder, Ryder. Yo, buddy, teammate. Um, and he calls me teammate because he couldn't say he saved you saved me for a long time. Um, so we're like, we're I getting ready to get 16 different ways. Just, you know. <laughs> so we were getting on this ride and and Kristen starts <laughs> asking me, so how is the step we're going yeah, and stuff just, like that. And I'm like. She knows the answer. She knows. She knows. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, "Oh, no, I didn't knows. tell anything. I was like, I took her to dinner and I wrote down my fourth and fifth step and we, I guess I'm just going to burn it or something like that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and she's like, on. she's like, oh my God. She's like, I'm going to sponsor you. And I was like, aren't I supposed to ask you? She's like, this is how this is going to work for us. I've been right. praying on this and I'm going to sponsor you. And I'm like, alright, cool. So mm. she I, I she I start to she starts to sponsor me. And she starts telling me about these commitments. I started doing the tweakers, the spot meeting. I started i was speaking on that panel. I remember I was scared, like scared shitless, doing it all the time. I always felt like I wasn't doing it right. i called call Chad Allen afterwards, I'd be like, I don't think I liked my share. It was horrible. He's like, You say you're connecting with people, don't worry about it. You're growing to it, you're going to it. Um, but I was doing those types of things. Um something ended up happening where um in my fourth and fifth step like it normally does. I started, I, I was feeling those things because what my problem was, was when I came into, when I got sober, I thought it was gonna be so that way I could be in good graces with my friend again. And then when that didn't happen, but we were still kind of connected, like still kind of like talking back and forth a little bit, when I found out that I could be in recovery because he was in recovery, I was like, oh cool, we could be friends again. Mm-hmm. Because we share the same best friend and we share the same the same circle of people. We, all, we know all the same people. So I was like trying to tiptoe around on eggshells through this whole thing to make sure that I still had him as a friend, and that's it, you know, because I, I just knew that he was an amazing person, and I just felt like you know I don't know I'm still holding on to that, and I wasn't letting it go, and um, she made me feel stuff that I didn't want to feel, um, yeah, and maybe like me... for that did you? I couldn't stand her for three months. I well, loved, that her. Means she I did loved her. I love you. Uh, I love you, Kristen. I did. love you. But uh, yeah, but I was I was really yeah. upset. Um, and I was so worried um, about losing that part of it that when finally it came down to me calling her and telling her, let's sit down and let's finish doing this fourth and fifth step and I'm done with this bullshit. Like I'm done with this person in my life. Like I'm, I'm holding on to something that was like really, really ugly and I, it's, it's codependency or whatever it is. I was learning all this stuff and, and being in, in recovery and doing my step work that I needed to remove him from my life, Um, and so I knew that that was the way, and we started working on that, and I started taking on more commitments, I got to meet Ron, I got to, like, I started doing uh, um, Crossroads to Heaven, chairing that meeting, getting involved, being on ENF, um, throwing myself into, like, service work, I remember, because I had a whole year of sobriety, I came in, and I would be at a meeting, and I'd be, like, looking at guys, and I'd be, like, because I thought that, of course, Eusebia thinks that she deserves everything, instead of, like, you know what I mean, having to, like, have it, because things have always been handed to me. I was like, I would look at guys and be like, is it, is it you? Is it going to be you? You know, like, yeah. like is it going to be you? Yeah. Um, and, and all the while, I just needed to start learning how to love myself. Yeah. And, and, and that relationship that I needed to have or that I longed to have with somebody was actually the relationship that I started having with myself. And the cool thing was that at that time, when I started like going through those changes, and like those spiritual changes, um, me and my dad had a talk. I called him, I called him just to see how he was doing. We had this like two hour like conversation. And um, at the end of it, he tells me, he's like, you know, he's like, I'm, I just want to tell you something. I'm, re- I'm really proud of you for all of your accomplishments. Yeah. And he goes, all of them. He's like, and I love you. And I hung up. And Quick. yeah, and he like, he calls me back. And he's like, he's like, did we, did we get disconnected? I was like, no, I hung up on you. And he's like, why? And he's like, I was like, I've never heard you tell me that in my life. You know, I even called my sister like a couple of days later. I was like, Betsy, did you know that dad told me he loved me and he's proud of me? She's like, geez, you got that out of him. We never get that out of him yeah. either. Yeah. But this like, this whole thing shifted in me. And it was almost like my daddy issues that I had oh, growing yeah. up I mean, on and meeting these people. It disappeared. Just it disappeared. It disappeared. Like, I, I literally like, I, 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 I was loving myself again. And I was thinking about it. Even when like some guy would even show interest in me, I would look at them and I'd be like, could I take you home to meet my dad and it, I it just never was something that I wanted to do I was able to stay so like single for two and a half years two and a half years dude that yeah. is a fucking miracle just working just being I, I love I the camaraderie that I had with these girls yes. that I would go to these women my women's meeting and I yeah. would sit there and shout out to all the women Valerie Valerie Prather I used to like she would sit across the table from me and I'd be crying and I'm like because I would cry because Number one, God is a big deal in my life and and, and since I since I got since God came, since I walked back into the church and had God back in my life again as a solid, like, as that solid, like, you know what I mean, like just that that my faith. Um, like I thought that I was broken this time because I prayed and I couldn't finish a prayer. I was going to church and I wasn't having those same feelings that I had the first time. I was like, oh my gosh, I lost my chance by screwing up the last time and relapsing. That's how I felt. Um so I like I would remember I'd go to the women's meeting and I would just be sitting there and I would be like, I think I'm broken. Yeah. I don't have God anymore. Yeah. And Valerie would be across the table and she'd be like, You're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. Yeah. One of my best friends, Michelle Rodriguez, we went to the Serenity Women's Retreat. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm sitting there, I'm taking <laughs> my makeup off and stuff like that. And you know, you're around a whole bunch of girls and girls are catty and bitchy and stuff like that. And she stops everybody from talking and she's like, You save me, do you even know how beautiful you are even when you oh. don't wear makeup? And I'm just like you're a little jerk. I guess yeah. we're gonna be friends. Yeah, um, <laughs> but we need those people. Yes, yeah, so my lives. girls. My girls in my life are the and most. Me. They are like they. If I didn't have those women in my life, like I don't know where I would be because yeah, they I'm, loved me until I learned yeah, how to yes, love see, myself again. I
0: need Ron in my life. I need other men that are there with me to do. It's a team sport. Man. You have you to have those relationships. You have to. Yeah. You must. Yeah. Yeah. It's a must. It's mandatory, and so. You know, after going through and vigorously working the steps, and honestly, and and thoroughly, and cleaning house, and four and five, and and, mm-hmm. and being involved, and being in the middle of the herd, leading the herd, and service commitments, and you've had every single one of them just about over this time. You realize the codependency in a relationship, and you let go of it. You take the next two and a half years to figure out who you are again. Um, during this period of time, obviously, you did a four step, so you have an ideal of what you're looking for right? And the trick of that ideal is in order to have that ideal relationship in your life, you got to have all those characteristics that you're looking for, and you start to adapt all of those, and and then all of a sudden, now someone comes into your life, <laughs>
2: right? Yeah, I was, I was, I, I was shout just, out Mark. Uh, Hi, Martin. Mark. Yeah, okay, Mark. Hi okay. Yeah, I, I was walking out of this, I, and it was funny, because it just, like, happened, because I, I was not looking for anything. I didn't care to look for anything anymore. I was just, like, whatever, and so I, like, I walk out of a meeting that I'm sharing and I see this guy like standing by this like little vape area over there at the spot shout out to the spot lounge shout um, out to the spot um and um I, w- I go in for a closer look I, I go over, I no offense Stefan I love you to pieces but I went over to you just give you a hug to look at this guy and um yeah. and then I go home I'm house sitting for a friend in Scottsdale I get there and I by the time I get home there's this like friend request from that guy and I was just like, what the heck? So we start kinda of like talking and, and the 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 funny thing about it was that I was so strong in who I am and so like and, and so like like my my like my, my like just where I'm at in my recovery, I wasn't ready to give that up yet that I was scared to be in a relationship. I was scared to have somebody intervene and have to worry about somebody else's feelings other than my own and all this stuff. So I fought it to the nail and then he kind of like, told me that he had flirted with a girl so i was like "Ooh, that's my out yeah, you know what i mean yeah. that's my out so i broke up with him um at a meeting and then um yeah. so there was a safe place for me to be yeah. able to do it you yeah. know because i didn't you know yeah. and um no then i had yeah. i had my grand sponsor <laughs> there with me tara and i was like i'm gonna go break up with him right now so i went out there and broke up with him <laughs> and then uh i tried like dating another person right after thinking that that was gonna like work and it just It wasn't the same thing. And this guy's like calling me in the mornings and he's like learning about because he's also in recovery and he's also working in recovery and he's learning about this stuff and learning about like facilitating. And he would call me and he would just ask me these questions and pick my brain because I have so much knowledge. I'm working in this. I've done it for six years, you know? So um, we just kept in contact and then I saw him at this like volleyball event where he walked through oh, with his uh, shirt off and like, like I was like, like top gun. Yes, he showed up like yeah, that. Like, like my, my grand cat tells me she's gun. like she's like great, look who's at the gate and I was like why is he not wearing a shirt like mm-hmm. what is wrong with him I remember what vibe well then with. <laughs> now, now I'm putting on oh, yeah, the yeah 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 Eek. yeah <laughs> and so like and so now it's like you know we, we started talking and hanging out again and I started it was weird because I, I couldn't like I liked when he'd come visit me but I didn't mind dropping him off and not having to see him for another yeah. weekend now he was like leaving and I was like I want him to be here like yeah, I want right. I don't want to like wake up by myself that's right yeah So yeah, and God placed him in my life. Absolutely. And I learned stuff. I learned stuff. Like I'm kind of an asshole and I get jealous and I have like these little weird, like, you know, it's like relationship traumas and, you know, like some girl was sending him a message and I'm like freaking out and then I'm like, what are we doing? And he's like, I don't know, what are we doing? Like I'll freak out and scared because I'm over there like my head spinning and then I like go into the bathroom, put my makeup on and come on and I'm like, it's not your problem. It's my problem. This is my issue, and I'm going to go ahead and call my therapist and work this <laughs> <Yeah. after. laughs> out. So, like, that's what we're coming. Into. Yeah, yes, that's so what you we're know, It's program, healthy. You know? It's healthy. Yeah.
0: And so today you have just this amazing life, and we can talk about all the different you know accolades and the you know professional level of uh, you working the last six years in recovery and the amazing reputation that you've built um... in the industry for keeping client care number one and doing things the right way and keeping you know whatever company you're working for what you're doing in compliance um... you're a leading figure in the recovery community you're at all the meetings, you're sponsoring women, you're doing everything that you're supposed to do in recovery, and when you put recovery first, everything second becomes first class, and your life reflects that today. I love that. You know, so having you on the show and finally being able to connect and you to share your message, you know, I think it's one of the most powerful messages that it we've is. had on the show. It is. Um, and I know, I know that someone, you know, and we only need one, that someone is going to hear this message and it's going to change their life. So. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you
2: so much for having me. And
1: Ronnie, no matter what, brother, where can they find us at? Powerless the Powerful, TikTok. TikTok, Facebook. Yeah, we're all over Ronnie, no matter what. TikTok, you see me and Jay doing some crazy stuff every now and again. Yeah, mainly just him doing some
0: crazy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> um, but please like subscribe everything we're on uh, Powerless and Powerful on Facebook on Instagram YouTube go to the YouTube channel share it like it subscribe and continue to be a part of our team um, because again man recovery is a team sport so you, save you. thank you for thank being you on the show thank today. You you. Thank you. I just want to say
1: real quick before we go you save it it's, it's an absolute honor to, to know the whole story yeah. now and you are such a beautiful woman inside and out you. And you're an inspiration, not just to women in the program, but to men as well, to, to, to see, to now hear what you've been through. We need those, we need to be those examples. So, good job. Uh, thank you, you guys. So thank you
0: for being on the show. Tune into the next episode.